Hello guys and welcome to the 8th installment of Keep the Receipts with Zungi and Altamush. A couple of things we've already talked about that have really gone down, which is the John Wall-Westbrook trade. With that being said, I'm going to hand it off to Altamush and he will get us started. Yeah, before we start, they want to mention we're only 5 days from the preseason starting in the NBA, so... Let's go! It's about time, it seems... Seems 71 days seem too long, uh, but we're almost there this Friday. There's going to be preseason games on the television. Uh, but the big news this week, uh, John Wall got traded for Russell Westbrook, and we also, the Rockets also got a first-round pick. Uh, one of the couple things that, you know, this was kind of something that I guess we saw already coming in the previous weeks. This was discussed multiple times, but nothing really came of it uh, until this week. And uh, Zungi, I guess that's kind of the one thing that I wanted to ask you about. Like, right off the bat, who do you think won this trade? Or I guess, are you a wait and see who won this trade? Because, you know, it really kind of, I guess, depends on John Wall's health and John Wall's uh, ability coming back from this Achilles injury because he's been injured for almost two years now. Uh, But just kind of who you think, you know, if just on the surface, who you think won the trade, if if anybody did win at all, I guess. Okay, yeah, so on the surface, I want to say who won this trade? I'm going to go with the Washington Wizards um, just because they got a, a player that's been playing, um, you know, a MVP, a an all-star, a triple-double machine. But overall, I think it's it's a toss-up for me right now. I don't know what John Wall is going to bring because John Wall could make the Rockets a lot more successful than Russell Westbrook did. Russell Westbrook wasn't even there most of the playoffs, and when he was, obviously, he wasn't playing when he was healthy as well. So John Wall uh, kind of gives me a little bit of glimpse of you know a health. Hopefully, he comes back healthy. Kind of gives me a glimpse of Chris Paul, but not to that extent. Um, to elaborate just a little bit more on that, I think John Wall can step take a step back compared to what Russ could. So for the Rockets, I think that's. A little bit better because it lets Harden be more of the uh, facilitator here and, you know, kind of control the the game uh, for the most part. So with that being said, I think overall I got to wait and see because there is a lot of question marks with this particular trade for me. Um, obviously, both were horrible contracts and, you know, like you, you, you look at it, there's a lot of question marks on this on this particular trade and how it works out even for the Wizards, right? Um, because like, you know. What does Russ do, you know, with Bradley Beal? There's a lot of things here. Um, we'll get more into it, uh, but I'm going to hand that back. But on the surface, uh, I guess if you want me to say somebody's won the trade, I'm, I'm going to go with the Wizards. Yeah, I think usually, you know, on I guess in the NBA, usually the team that gets the better player uh, usually wins the trade. And in this case, Russell Westbrook, you know, for all his flaws, is a better player than John Wall. And even when John Wall was healthy, Russell Westbrook was still a better player. And I think one of the things is, you know, they both wanted out. John Wall wanted out of Washington. Right. Russell Westbrook wanted out of Houston. So, you know, I guess for chemistry alone, forget everything else. You know, it's a good move, you know, uh, for both teams. Uh, Russell Westbrook wanted his own team. He kind of wanted to go back to, you know, being the man again. And that's a little weird dynamic now because of Bradley Beal's there. Bradley Beal's a 30 point. I don't know if he could be the man there. That's my, that's my, that's my big issue with or big question mark here. Yeah. I think that that's that was that's my thinking, you know. If you start going back to playing like your OKC days, 
you know, you don't have anybody at the caliber of of a Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal like yeah. when you did, you had a Paul George, and the year that you were anything of success, Paul George was the main guy. He was the third was in MVP. So, are you willing to do that portion, right? Because my thing is, if you're willing to do it for Bradley Beal, why couldn't you do it? For James Harden, I guess the, obviously Bradley Beal is a little bit different. He doesn't—he's not as ball centric as Harden, but let's be real—he's not as good as Harden either, you know. And it's a—it's a difficult thing to say. I think you know the Rockets did get a first-round pick, so I'm not going to complain too much that you know uh, we got John Wall. I think like I'm excited, but I'm not really like holding out hope for John Wall. I got a lot more hope in our free agent signing Christian Wood than I do John Wall. But that's just because John Wall's coming off an injury. If John Wall was healthy, I think he would obviously be a better fit. But I, like you said, I, the first thing off the surface is he's a better fit with Harden. He doesn't need the balls more. He's not that alpha that Westbrook is. You know, Westbrook is, uh, he's just all go all the time. I want the ball. I want to shoot the ball. I'm going to do everything on my own. I don't need anybody else. And that mentality works when you're playing with players that are not as good as Harden or players that are willing to, you know, sacrifice as much Uh but, you know, Harden is an MVP candidate himself. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't need you to do everything. He can do a lot on his own. And I think it's kind of one of the big dynamics that kind of, you know, fell the Rockets apart. And I think Westbrook and Harden wanted out. I think they're really still good friends. But I think they were like, hey, we can't really play together, you know. And that's, right. that's, a, big, that's a big thing to come to terms with, you know, that, hey, I can't play with my best friend. But, you know, we're still cool. And, I, you know, I, I like that portion of the whole proceedings of the trade. Right. But, you know, just kind of getting to John Wall, like, the main thing is, hey, his health. How is he post-Achilles? First career, 19-9 and nine guy, 43% from the field, 32% from the, uh, from the three-point line. Not the greatest percentage from three, but, you know, I think, uh, with playing again, playing with Harden, uh, being more of uh, more of a little bit off-ball, uh, he'll be great. And I, obviously, if he gets any of it, if his athleticism is still there, John Wall can get to the hoop faster than anybody. He's, like... For the longest, he was up there with De'Aaron Fox. Like he's just as fast as De'Aaron Fox before his injury. You know. Yep. Everybody would be like, "Hey, who's the fastest he was, sprinter?" Yeah, he was one of the fastest sprinters before probably De'Aaron Fox. Yeah, was there. exactly. And now De'Aaron right. Fox is, but you know, John Wall, if he has any of that explosive athleticism, you know, the Rockets really got you know a good a good trade back and a good asset. Yeah. Back. Just to add to that a little bit, um, I believe in the eighteen nineteen season, John Wall was shooting around thirty seven point three off catch and shoot. That's a that's a plus on the Rocket side. I mean, you know, hence he comes back and he's healthy. Um, he he can take a step back, like I said earlier, um, compared to a Russell Westbrook. Um, and obviously, there are certain uh, videos and clips that are circulating around for John Wall that supposedly he's refined his game. You know, he's not all attack go because all he wanted to do was get to the basket. Because I mean, obviously, the jump shot. Jump shot when he got hot, he would drop. He he'll give you 30, 40 a night. But when his jump shot didn't get going, he he wanted to all he wanted to do was drive. And obviously he is a he is a pass first compared to a Russell Westbrook. Yep. Um I think that's another plus. And this is why I said like, like it kind of reminds me a little bit of Chris Paul, because Chris Paul is a pass first guy, right? Um so in that sense, um, you know, John Wall does work out maybe a little bit better compared to a Russell Westbrook. Hopefully he's healthy and and you know it works out great for the Rockets. But man, I mean, uh, injury for two years and also like there's there's stuff around him off the court that that you know I'm 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 very very questionable about him um, when it comes to his off off the, you know off the court type of character. 
Um, and that's that's where that's where I'm at with him. Yeah, and I think look, it's at this point, it's one of hey, he wants to be here, right? That that to me can't be understated enough. Cause you got them strip clubs. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's one thing that can't be understated. Westbrook didn't want to be here, right? For whatever reason, he didn't want to be here. And you know, for chemistry purposes, it's great that John wants to be here. He just had, you know, this was his first media session today. Uh, he said he has spoken to Harden multiple times after the trade, and you know, Harden is a go, uh, but uh, not sure if all of his actions are speaking true to his words. But just kind of one thing that I did want to add, like John Wall, since 2015-2016, he shot 39% on catch-and-shoot threes, over 400 attempts. 39% is really, really good. Especially if you, again, if Harding could be the main guy facilitating scoring, John Wall setting up hitting threes at a 39% clip, or even something even close, 38-37, that's a great number. And John Wall obviously playing alongside Harden if he can. You know, I think since he's coming off an injury, he'll kind of already be a little, you know. Yeah, hesitant. Yeah, he'll be a little hesitant. He'll kind of play a little bit back Back, just because he he knows he's coming to a new team. It's the rock. Like, it's not his team, you know. Because when in Wizards, I think it was his team until he got injured. And then Bradley Beal, it kind of became Bradley Beal's team. But, you know, he knows for sure that he's not, it's not his team. So I think he's going to be a little, you know, a little bit laid back. He's going to play a little bit more off of Harden, which is going to be great. And if he can. You know, if he could shoot that percentage for the Rockets this season, uh, this would be great. And I think in the long term, maybe that'll you know maybe sway Harden. And we'll kind of get into that in a little bit uh, to kind of stay. Uh, but uh, just to just for comparison, John Wall shot thirty nine percent last year. Westbrook shot twenty nine percent on two attempts per mm-hmm. game on catch and shoot threes. So that ten percent is gigantic, especially when it comes to three point. Even in field goal, that's like an enormous amount. And which is even sadder, this is on a little related off topic, but Eric Gordon shot 28% on five attempts on catch and shoot. So if Eric Gordon keeps shooting like that, uh, yeah, the Rockets need him to shoot a little bit better, especially at the volume that he shoots the ball at. Eric Gordon been too inconsistent way too many times. I don't know why he's still there, to be honest, man. I don't know. I don't know what it is with Eric Gordon and the Rockets. Uh, no, he he's got he's got his contracts are not the greatest, so I don't think the there's a market a that's great. Yeah. It's like he's making like seventeen million a year, mm. so the contract isn't the greatest, and it's not easy to off offload to somebody Off-loading. else. Yeah, but then you're kind of going over to the other side of Westbrook, right? Uh, what do you expect there? I think we kind of just you know we briefly went over that dynamic with Bradley Beal. What do you think? How that works with Westbrook? Because you know, his mindset might be, you know, cause Bradley Beal a little trouble. You know, Bradley Beal thinks he's that guy. Bradley Beal was, you know, vouching for All-NBA. I don't think he made it, you know, and he wasn't even an All-Star. And he was dropping 30 a game. Uh, but, you know, let me, you know, you kind of give your thoughts on that and that dynamic with Westbrook and now Bradley Beal as the point as a shooting guard. All right. On Russ, I'm going to take the less... <laughs> Uh, the road less traveled by. I'm gonna be honest with you. So this is not. Um, I've been known to call out Russ on on all his antics and whatnot. Um, obviously, I've had my own disparities with him, but um, I'm I'm gonna say Russell Westbrook. Um, I think he's gonna work out great for the Wizards. Uh, Whoa. Okay. <laughs> um, as as much as uh, you know, no. On on a serious note, like I I think he. I feel like he's already gone there he came up or showed up early 
to the practice two hours early for that matter um then there was a talk out there that scott when when scott brooks uh was talking he said he raised intensity and he raised everyone's intensity um that that's a great sign of a leader right i mean that that's that's something good that's coming out of the wizards um camp there the wizards also need that uh i feel like they haven't had that uh Maybe even with John when they had John Wall. I don't know if John Wall brought that type of leadership, right? Um, so Russell Westbrook, that's definitely helping the young guys and, and obviously Brad Beal. Um, Beal. So with Bradley Beal, I think Russ needs to realize that it's not. He's going to be the second fiddle, right? He's The head of the table has got to be Bradley Beal in this scenario. I feel like they got to do like a co-captain type of thing uh, where, you know, he knows that Bradley Beal is going to be the main guy. And I think if he can do that, um, which is obviously really hard to do for Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Um, if he could do that, I think he's going to be, I think the Wizards are something to look out for. Um, the Wizards, I am going to make a little bit of a prediction here on the Wizards. I think at best, they're going to be a second round exit. I think they can reach that. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, yes, I'm taking this route on and I'm, I'm going high. On the high road with Russell Westbrook here. Um, I think he's going to be a near triple-double uh, guy where he's going to probably average around 25 points per game, eight rebounds a game, nine assists a game. I think the Wizards are going to be fun to watch. Um, they have a great, great team also besides just Bradley Beal. They got Ish. They got Rui Hachimura. Um, they got Bartons. So they got they got real good good group of guys there that i think can be very successful especially with russell westbrook which he needs shooters around him and they have those and and the reason why i think he's not going to reach that triple double mark i just think there's ishmith can take off a lot of load off him when he backs him up um ishmith is a solid point guard um i think and steven adams won't block off for westbrook so he can get rebounds <laughs> <Rui Hachimura> would though <laughs> and i think Rui Hachimura is, is, is going to be a solid solid player as well so um so i think um russell westbrook is going to be successful with the wizards this is my prediction going forward please keep me keep the receipts on this one ladies and gentlemen yeah oh god uh i can't believe what you're saying uh <laughs> Especially the Westbrook is going to take a backseat to Bradley Beal. Yes. That's been Westbrook's problem his entire career. If he would have taken a backseat to Kevin Durant, he would probably still be in Oklahoma City. And they probably would have won a title by now. Yep. Uh, and same thing with James Harden. Like, he could have, you know, he tried to try to take a backseat. And then he didn't really want to take a backseat. And now he's going to a team where, again, it's the same thing. You could go to a sucky team and be the main guy but you're just gonna not make the playoffs or you're gonna be eliminated in the first round and i honestly look these are the teams that are locked to make the playoffs like i mean just milwaukee in the east, in the east. okay go ahead milwaukee toronto uh -huh. boston brooklyn miami philadelphia so that's six you got two spots for two teams right out of these what you got pacers orlando charlotte atlanta wizards so that's like five teams fighting for two spots right. very you know, so I don't even think, like, if they make it, are they, like, a 7th seed, an 8th seed? And are they, if they're a 7th, 8th seed, you're facing Milwaukee, Brooklyn, Miami in the first round. That's a very, very, very difficult proposition, especially because... They're in the playoffs. And, and like I said, they're going to be second. At, at best, they're a second round exit. So... I think that's a very... I think they got upset a team. That's what I'm saying. Like You think so? I, I, I think they're going to upset a team. I think I think it'd be a very successful season if 
Wizards oh, somehow, yeah, no doubt. yeah, if they somehow even remotely got out of the first round, I don't see it happening. Uh, just because I don't, I, it's it's Westbrook the that Westbrook dynamic with other players that are just as good as he is or close to him has never worked out, and I'm worried that that's gonna happen again. Uh, but if you know you say whatever, if your if it, your words come true, he's going to you know take a step back and let Bradley Beal uh, be the guy. That's gonna make that's what's gonna make him successful. And obviously, if that doesn't happen, or barring obviously any injuries, my my prediction is through the like out the door at that point. Yeah. Um, and that's what I'm depending on. I feel like Russell Westbrook's gonna take a step back. Okay, uh, that's uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. It seems so very. Uh... Unlike you, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like, Russell Westbrook, you know, a, a lot of people, like, obviously, he gets a lot of hate. And, and, and the thing is, like, on and off the court, he's two different people. He's two different people. Like, on the court, he's one person. And off the court, this guy's a spectacular human being. I, I, I love I love Russell Westbrook as, as a person off the court. I've always, you know, on the court is what, like, drives me crazy when he's playing because he's so freaking good. But, like... He's also just gets in his own way sometimes. But I think, you know, two trades, back-to-back years, um, hasn't didn't play much or have a much of a, sh- uh, you know, uh, outing in the playoffs last year. Um, I think he's going to come retooled, and I think he's going to understand what he needs to do. Um, and I think he's going to be better. And, I, and, and that mentality, I think, obviously they're going to be in the playoffs more than likely. Um, you, you you think they're going to be in the playoffs at least, right? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I probably think Atlanta and Wizards probably get the last two spots uh, mm-hmm. in the playoffs because I mean Atlanta is my sleeper in the East where they can upset somebody just like you think the Wizards could be that team. I think more of mm-hmm. Atlanta uh, can be that team. Right. Speaking of stars leaving the Rockets, uh, um, James Harden did not show up to practice today for the first day of training camp. Uh, not what we were expecting. Uh, maybe some people were, I guess, because a lot of people think that he's not going to be on the Rockets for very much longer. But it was very odd to me because Steven Silas, earlier in the week during media day, did mention that he expected Harden to be here uh, practicing with the team on Sunday, uh, which is today, December the 6th. Uh, but he was not. And a lot of videos and Instagram stuff came out. And he was partying in Vegas with Lil Baby for his birthday. So... Uh, obviously, part of the NBA's protocol for this COVID thing is, you know, you have to get tested. And I think you have to be, for three straight days, you have to be uh, test negative. And obviously, since he wasn't in town, can't get tested. Can't get tested, so you can't, you know, obviously practice with the team. And there's, you know, as a fan, I'm a little, you know, I wasn't worried at first. I seemed like, you know, I thought Harden was ready to go. And based based on everything that was being told after this trade was made, uh, you know, he was on board and... He was ready to go play, but him not showing up as a fan, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little worried, you know. Is he, this is this his first move to be like, hey, just get me out of here. I'm not going to show up at all, which would be a weird thing because obviously you're not going to get paid if you don't show up for any of these, you know, mandatory training camps. You sign a contract to be with the Rockets. And I'm sure, like, you know, like you said, the NBA, like the NBA superstars, they have their, they have their pull in the NBA. If you want to get traded, you know, they will they can pull that trade off. And yep. I don't know if, you know, he's trying to do that. Maybe he's not. Then he put up like this weird Instagram post where it was like this emoji and 
I don't even know what these cryptic messages these NBA players be putting out for absolutely no reason. Uh, but this man got these Rockets fans stifled. Uh, really, I'm like, I, I, Rockets Twitter still trying to figure out what that message means, and oh, you know, it's just. I think first thing is like, man, I feel bad for Steven Silas. Like out of everything, I feel terrible for him because he's got to answer all these questions and. You know, it's his first time like coaching, uh, uh, being the head coach, and now he's got to answer about why his superstar didn't show up to practice, even though he he had said earlier in the week, like I said, that he would show up. Right. But uh, he mentioned uh, Stephen Silas also said that Harden was supposed to do an individual workout later tonight, so around this time, assuming it's accurate, uh, he should be working at Toyota Center. But I don't even know if that's happening. I don't know if anybody's reported on that as of yet. All right, I don't know how seriously you're gonna take me, but. I think y'all making way too much out of this. There's not much in here. I mean, he was out. The baby's, what's his birthday, you said? Little babies, yeah. Little babies, or little baby's birthday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, there's not much that's going on around this, this pandemic time. So, I guess maybe enjoying yourself a little bit before you get back to the grind. Uh, <laughs> God, I hope you're is, right. Uh, is you know I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna think too much into this uh, to be honest with you I'm I'm gonna take a step back and be like you know just it's just something it's a little mishap um, yeah it's it's a wrong time especially knowing you know uh, what your coach is out there saying and what he expects of you um, it does look bad but at the same time you know I think he's he it's gonna be all right I think Harden wants to be here and if he really didn't want to be here um, you know he could he can force his force the Rockets hands and be like hey I'm just not gonna show up I'm not gonna I'm not going to work and, and you guys got to trade me, you know. It, it's happened before, um, uh, a.k.a. Uh, Mr. Bledsoe, who didn't want to be here. <laughs> I, um, be here. I mean, he literally tweeted out he didn't want to be here and um, he was sent home. And, you know, th- th- there's there's a lot of um, uh, things that players can do. It's a player's league, you know. They can they can do whatever they want to do. And I, I think that as a Rocket fan, I can understand what's going through you guys. But... Uh, at the same time, I don't think it's too much. You should be thinking into this. It's it's gonna be all right for the Rockets. I think he sees that the Rockets are trying to improve, and they didn't blow it, blow up the you know the Rockets, um, and brought in you know quality guys. And and I do want to add that Boogie Cousins was another guy that just got added um, to the Rockets, and that brings in a John Wall, the Kentucky guys, uh, John Wall and Demarcus Cousins that are gonna be uh, back at it again as teammates after Lord knows how long. And um, so with the with the Rockets, I think it's not too much to worry about. Um, so I think maybe I'm not gonna too much. I'm not gonna look too much into this. This is just something that happened to me. God, you know, I mean, honestly, I wish you're right, and it's nothing. And Harden just, you know, like you said, he was just partying a little bit, and he decided, hey, I needed an extra day. But you know, again, none of this, all the season is going to waste if Harden gets traded and doesn't matter what you get back i guess it doesn't matter what you get back uh we would take ben simmons i will take ben simmons uh as a as a star piece going forward if the rockets do trade him and the thing is one thing is rockets don't have to trade hard in where he wants to get traded that's not you know he wants to go to brooklyn doesn't mean the rockets have to trade him there they can trade him wherever you know they have that leverage at least you know but you know, John Wall did say that he for sure, this is quote, for sure expects Harden to be with the Rockets during uh, the season. So, you know, I don't think, and there was like, you know, Woj reported that Harden wanted Wall over Westbrook. So, 
I don't know, take that for what it's worth, but you know, it was just a little, it is a little concerning to an extent because, you know, Harden is one of those guys that, you know, he'll do a lot of stuff off the court, but he's very like, you know, low key about a lot of things when it comes to basketball. He's always like, you know, he doesn't really cause a lot of problems off the court. So for him to like not show up and, you know, kind of made Silas look like, you know, like a fool in front of the media when Silas said, oh yeah, he's going to be here. And, you know, he still hasn't shown up. So I hope it's nothing and I hope you're, you know, but he's having an overnight workout. <laughs> I I hope I don't know. Uh, but you know, I guess that's what I, that's one of the questions. I guess you kind of already answered. I did want to ask, like you know, you think you think Harden will stay here the entire season? You think he's playing out this season, or you, or do you think that you know if things go haywire, the Rockets don't start off well? You think do you, he'll request his trade again? Yeah, I, I mean, more than likely, that's where I'm at on this one with with the Rockets uh, is how they start off and how they how they. How they do uh, right off the bat, you know, um, the first half of the season is going to determine what happens with the Rockets because this could blow up and it could be devastating for the Rockets and the Rockets fans. Um, Harden, uh, potentially, I think if it's horrible and obviously he doesn't feel like they're going to be anything of a championship caliber or near that near that, you know, that tier of talent. Um, then obviously this is going to be uh, Harden's, you know, it's goodbye Harden for the Rockets. Um, if for whatever odd reason, I think they start off well and they play really well, this is going to be, I think more than likely Harden's going to stay in how he plays, how he gels and all that good stuff uh, with the Rockets. You know, that's going to determine that more than likely he's going to stay if everything is great with John Wall um and all the new guys that they're bringing in um uh, for the rockets and you know my thing is how's harden's mindset right and i guess like you said maybe we're just thinking wait as rockets fans i'm thinking too much into this but like what's his mindset like you know if he's if he's ready to put in the work with the guys you know that are there now and that the rockets still stink right but i think the rockets have like the biggest like they could be really, really, really good. They could be like, you know, a top two, three seed, or they could be an eight seed, or Harding is trading the Rockets are like a lottery team. You know, we're like the Warriors from last year where you're like, you have a whole bunch of good players, but now you have nobody that's good, and now you're like a 14 seed. And I, I don't think the Rockets are going to be that bad. I mean, even let's just say, let's just say Harden says, I'm out. And barring any injuries, again, again, barring any injuries, and John Wall, and you got you got John Wall and the players that you have out there. They're not gonna be a 14 seed. They're gonna win some games, and they're they might not make the playoffs, but they're not gonna be no 14 seed. They can't be that bad. This is not possible. Yeah, and I mean, you're probably right. Uh, I just I just think that it's I think that variable is there because Harden is so big and part of the offense that they would literally have to redesign the offense on the fly. Steven Silas, right now, he said you know a lot of stuff that D'Antoni did. He's gonna keep a lot of that into their you know. Uh, into into the into the offense, but he's obviously going to you know adjust things because D'Antoni f- didn't ever care to play more than eight players for some odd reason. He never wanted to do that. He always wanted to play his star players when the Rockets are up by twenty five. He still wanted to play star players <laughs> with two minutes left in the game when the Rockets are either winning by a lot or losing by a lot. He still wanted to keep them out there, uh, obviously. And then keep you know, them hot <laughs> <laughs> for next game, I guess. Next game, but uh, also he said you know he's going to work on you know kind of getting trying to get Harden more off the ball and you know like I said you got to give Steven Silas a chance to do that you know and if he comes in with the right mindset and the Rockets still don't do well then I understand the dynamic of hey you got to trade him but you know 
but I think also the good thing that's coming out here also for for the Harden, you know, the, the, the Harden camp hasn't pushed out any other, you know, bad narrative or negative, you know, media out there that, you know, that Harden wants out. I know there was that initial one that came out, but after that, I don't think I've heard really anything um, from their camp. I mean, obviously, these guys can't put out whatever they want to put out uh, when it comes to, hey, if I really do want to leave, I can leave. Um, so I think there's 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 a calm a little bit here. Um, maybe a calm before the storm, but, um, but, but a calm nonetheless for right now. And I think, I think there's, there's some positivity going for the Rockets camper right now. Uh, your words kind of give me a little bit of sense of optimism, but honestly, until I see it, I'm going to be, you know why I'm optimistic. Let me tell you why I'm optimistic. My Phoenix Suns are just just amazing right now, okay? Yeah. We're just we're just riding high right now. I don't, I'm not gonna talk too much about the things, but <laughs> but we're just riding high. So I gotta I gotta look at everything positively, yeah. okay? It's been ten years. I got a lot of positivity going <laughs> in my life. Speaking of the teams that have made moves, I did want to talk about the player that I'm most excited to see. And for me, obviously, I'm gonna be honest, you know, and I'm, you know, this is this is gonna be surprising for a lot of people around here. <laughs> But it's Chris Paul. Uh, I just, I've talked about Chris Paul a lot in previous podcasts, and I think I'm going to do it again here. Uh, he's the player, most player I'm excited to see because, I, like I said, um, it's going to be a, a mid-range or a mid-range bonanza. That's what I want to say. Uh, with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Devin Booker does shoot threes, but he's not crazy on threes. He, he's very mid-range as well. And you got Chris Paul, who's another mid-range specialist. Um, and you know, it's, it's going to be amazing. And not only that, I do want to see him, how he's going to be able to toughen up some of these young guys. You got guys like Mikel Bridges and you guys got like DeAndre Ayton, Cam Johnson, um, even Javon Carter, who's, who's already a hashtag bulldog, um, and how he's going to be able to help these guys, uh, you know, come up and even like young guys like Jalen Smith, who, who we just drafted. So, I'm super excited to see him uh, on the Phoenix Suns because I mean he's gonna he's gonna do wonders for um, a long haul like like overall as they as these guys as Chris Paul gets ready to retire how much of an impact does he have on these young guys and obviously you've seen this with the Oklahoma City Thunder you've seen it all around the league that he has he, how much of an impact he's had on guys and how much how highly he's thought of uh, amongst players and I think Chris Paul is gonna be um, a huge for the development and the ongoing future for a lot of these players that are on the Phoenix Suns who are fairly young. Um, I think he's going to be great for Booker. Um, just, just you know, just that that toughness that he brings. Uh, as much as people like to hate him on that, um, you know, I hate <laughs> I hated him a lot for that because um, he's not he's not on my team. I really don't like him, um, and and he's one of those type of players, you know. But man, like he's he's been he's been great um, throughout his career um, since day one when he came into the league. You know, he gave guys like David West and Tyson Chandler career years, um, and he's done that for so many guys: DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. I mean, you go down the list of players that he's helped out, and um, you know, have just just become you know their own NBA talent. I think that's the guy I'm excited about, and I think he's gonna do it again with the Phoenix Suns and. That's who I'm excited for the most. Before I get into the guy who I think I'm really excited to see on their new team, uh, I think one of the greatest qualities of a player, like you mentioned for Chris Paul, is when they're on your team, you love and adore them. 
uh, when they're on an opposing team, you hate and you know despise them. Uh, a couple players that come to mind, just kind of off the bat, uh, Draymond Green is one of those guys. <laughs> like I'm sure Warriors Money like, Green. yeah, Warriors love him. Uh, Warriors fans love him, and rightfully so. But man, he's one of the most annoying players, especially against the Rockets in these playoff series. And Patrick Beverly is another guy that comes to mind. Russell Westbrook is very similar in that sense too, where. When he's on yeah. your team, you know, he's always arguing for all these calls. And you're like, oh, I understand. But when he's the opposition, you're like, dude, shut up. Like, stop talking, you know, to the reps. Uh, Tee him that- up. <laughs> Tee him up, bro. Exactly. Uh, but the kind of play that I'm really excited to see, honestly, is Kelly Oubre. Tsunami Poppy. Yeah, uh, him. Uh, he just recently got engaged, <laughs> I think. Yeah, he did. He did. He did. Yeah, and honestly, for me, the reason Shout I'm- out. Shout out to Kelly Oubre. <laughs> But honestly, I was really excited to see him for the simple fact that uh, there's no Clay now, right? Clay just got injured, so right. he's gonna be. The, I think he's gonna be the second option on the Warriors. And first of all, the luxury tax that is attached to his trade that they made to get him from Oklahoma City, you know, is absurd. I think Tillman Fertitta would see these numbers, and I think he'd have a heart attack. Uh, mm-hmm. They're gonna pay. They were already paying sixty-six million in luxury tax before the Kelly Oubre trade. But they're now they're paying almost they're gonna pay 132 million dollars in luxury tax, and look the great teams and the great owners are willing to spend. So it's always it's not that's been a, the case with the Warriors though they didn't care. Yeah, they always paid their players, and with that I think Steph got that huge contract, right? Yeah, One Steph the, makes the most money this year yeah, in the yeah. NBA. Yep, and obviously they pay KD, and you know they th- that's why they won titles. You 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 got to be willing to pay the kind of money to win the titles and. You know, it's very similar, like, you know, kind of use another example in another sport, the Yankees. Like, the Yankees, I mean, I guess not as good example right now because they haven't won in a long time. Mm-hmm. But that's how they always won titles. They, they just got no the cap best. space in baseball, though. True. But I'm saying, hey, like, even then, the, everybody had the same rules, but not everybody's willing to spend that kind of money, you that's know? That's true. And, you know, I think one of the things about Oubre, kind of getting back to him, is, you know, Steve Kerr's offense has been great for, you know, players like Clay, And if Kelly Oubre can be more of, you know... I don't know if he's a, he's not a spot up shooter like Clay, but you know. No, he's not. You no, know, no. But my thing is, with uh, with that kind of offense, you know, they'll they're gonna design some stuff for him to you know get him open shots and you know get him off the dribble, get him like going. And I'm kind of interested, really, to see that dynamic with Steph. He hasn't played with anybody like a Steph, right? With that kind of gravity that Steph has, right. Kelly Oubre is gonna be you know the, he's never gonna be the main focus of the defense and. Steph out there standing at 30 feet and you know hopefully Steph's coming back you know he's coming back from injury as well and you know Steph's good I think that's kind of one of the things that I'm interested to see how Steve Kerr implements Kelly Oubre as to be the second guy because now there's no Clay and Clay's obviously his his skill set and his and his shooting is definitely much more different than Kelly Oubre but Kelly Oubre last year was very 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 solid 18 6 45 from field 35 from three uh, 78% free throws. Like, he was a very solid player last year. And I, I thought, like, last year was kind of like his coming out party to me, you know, where I felt like he was, you know, kind of ascending into that, you know, very solid role player where he could possibly, you know, reach borderline all-star level. I'm not sure if he'll ever get He's there. He's not going to be no all-star. No way. Uh, he wilded. Yeah, but, but I think he has the capability of being something close to that. Like, maybe he'll never be there, but he's definitely going to be better than Andrew Wiggins. You know, he's not an Andrew Wiggins. At least I think he's already better than Andrew Wiggins. And Andrew Wiggins is Andrew Wiggins is taking a step back, but, I mean, if, depending on how he comes back and how they implement him, he could very well be a second option as well. I don't know, man. Andrew Wiggins is... He seems like so much potential lost. 
yeah. I don't know what happened to Andrew Wiggins because when he was coming from Kansas, everybody was saying that this guy was the real deal. Yeah. yeah. And he never lived up to it in uh, Minnesota. And now he's on his second team and he's not really doing much. And, you know, he's always been an inefficient scorer. And I don't know if that will ever change. Maybe it will. Maybe with Steph playing a lot of games, they'll right. kind of make him better and you got a whole another offseason to practice with, you know. Getting back to Kelly Oubre, just 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 a quick thing here. Yeah. Um, here's my thing with Kelly Oubre. Obviously, he had a breakout year last year, and he was great for the Suns. I think he brought that intensity, that camaraderie, and he put he put the team together. He put that Valley Boys thing together, which was amazing. Not for just you know, um, just for the whole team, for the whole city, and everybody got behind that. It was like a it was like a thing, you know, uh, Valley Boys, Valley Boys, and they they started this little trend and everything, which is that's that's a credit to Kelly Oubre. On the court, though, um, a lot of his um, play was, I mean, if you look at his assist numbers, one and a half assists a game. That's not Warriors offense. It's <laughs> never been, and and they have a lot of movement. And and this is the problem with Kelly Oubre when he goes there is that he is gonna be he gets very tunnel visioned at points, and at you know that's gonna that's gotta change for Kelly Oubre. He's not he's not the greatest shooter in the world. He's not a spot up shooter like Clay. Um, you know, and how is how are they gonna implement? Because they have guys like Wiggins and Kelly Oubre um, that are very similar in terms yeah. of their their their. I guess skill set. their skill set, right? Um, and and with that being said, like, how are they going to implement this? Because now they don't have Clay. Um, uh, Kelly Oubre can very well be a second option. Uh, there's some good stuff out there for Andrew Wiggins. He's added on some muscle. Maybe he works out a little bit better. Um, all those things. So um, Kelly Oubre, I hope he gets you know be more passive and 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 get those assist numbers up because one and a half assists a game and the amount of, like he scored 18 points a game. He does get very tunnel vision at points, and that's the problem with him, at least when he was with the Suns. I think the one other thing that this trade kind of showed me is that the Warriors are going for it, that they're not going to just, you know, that now that Clay's out, they're not just saying, hey, we're going to sit back. Yeah, we're going to sit back or we're going to lose again, you know, like they kind of did last year, where I'm sure Steph could have came back if, if he really wanted to. I don't think the injury was something that should have kept him out for three months. But, you know, I think they were kind of like, hey, we'll just mail it in and we'll be ready next season when Clay is healthy again. But obviously that's not the case anymore. But, man, if you're going to pay $66 million already yeah. in luxury tax and you're going to pay another $68 million, I think the goal is you want to make the playoffs. and To be a 6-8 to eight seed? Yeah, you know, we'll see because yeah. I don't even know if it's a guarantee that they make the playoffs. And this isn't, this is, you know, we'll see if Steph Curry can be that guy where it's just, you're the well, only. They're seeing guy. something in James Wiseman. Uh, yeah, unless you know, there's got to be players that have to make an improvement. Like Andrew Wiggins has to take yeah, that, right. take a little step. Everybody's been saying for six years now that Andrew Wiggins is going to take to the next step and become an all-star level all-star player, level. and yeah. and he's never done it. So, you know, I think Warrior fans are a little optimistic. I think most fan bases are that Andrew Wiggins is going to take this next step with them. But you know, we'll see. Draymond's coming back. I don't know how he's going to be, but there's a lot of a lot of different things with the. Warriors, aside from the fact that Curry's coming back, we'll I see. think Curry's got to figure it out because they, I mean, the personnel is totally different, man. Yeah, they, they got a bunch of they got two slashers, and they got Draymond, who, not who's, a shooter, who's not a shooter. Yeah, they got Wiseman. Who, we'll see raw. what he works out. Super, yeah, he's, yeah, he's raw. super raw. And my thing is, there's people that think he's gonna he could be really really good, and there's people that think he'd be really really like you know it'd just be a bust. So 
there's a lot of moving parts with the Warriors and the the main stable is gonna be Steph and we're you know their teams are gonna take take the ball away from him and you know they're gonna double team and they're gonna make everybody else kind of beat them and I don't know if the Warriors have the capability maybe Kelly Oubre or Andrew Wiggins they do become that guy right but I'm not sure at this very moment if they will be but it's gonna be very intriguing to see because Kelly Oubre is a really good player and I. I'm just kind of curious of how that that dynamic is going to play. That he's going to play the clay role now, and we'll kind of see from there. Yeah. So this will be the end of the episode, episode eight. Uh, we'll see you guys next time. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening.